Welcome back to another episode of It's Not a Lecture, Just a Thought. And today we're going to be delving into the very important and sometimes contested and complicated topic of God sending Jesus to die. And so this is a very important discussion and I'd invite you to take your time as you listen to it, uh, go through it slowly, pause if you need to, reflect on the issues and of course as we mention every week if you do have any questions or comments we'd always love to hear from you and you can find our details in the show notes where you downloaded the podcast. So that discussion is coming up now. Alan, you said something uh, very challenging to me. You said that God didn't send his son to die. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been brought up to believe in the church my whole life that that was what God did. He sent his son to die for me. Right. I said God didn't send Jesus to die. God sent Jesus to love, mm-hmm. to love loving more than he loved anything else, even if it meant that he must, he must die. So let's go back to that parable in Mark chapter 12. The vineyard owner sends one servant after another, and each one gets beaten or killed, beaten or killed, beaten or killed. So it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that it's quite a dangerous mission. So the vineyard owner to send the son is a risky thing. It speaks of this incredible love the vineyard has, the vineyard owner has uh, for the tenants. And remember what he said? They will respect my son. So this, cont- the vineyard owner refuses to give up believing in the, the goodness of the tenants, mm-hmm. even though their track record speaks of something totally different. So God sends Jesus to say, listen, son, what's the problem down there? They've forgotten me. They, they think they're worshiping me, but they're not. They've forgotten me. And who am I? I'm love. So what I want you to do is to enflesh Love, incarnate love. Go and be me on earth. Mm. And when they experience you, they're going to experience love with no boundary, which is me. I have no boundary with my love. My steadfast love lasts forever. Mm. As far as the east is from the west kind of thing. Okay, this all-embracing love of God. And that's that's what Jesus does. But it says in John's gospel, we didn't recognize him. He came to his own and his own didn't recognize him Mm. and rejected him. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It doesn't say God planned his death, that he gave his son. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. God gave his son to love, Mm. to love. And um, the cross then shows us the extent of this love. Oh, we see the love all over. We see the love in his communication with sinners. His, uh, his baptism, standing with sinners, his feeding, his lunch, his you name it. He's always eating and associating with the outcasts. So we're experiencing his love completely and utterly, even the rich, the religious. He's with everybody. And the cross is that final, final example. Now, you may say, but wasn't it God's will that Jesus die? Mm. Didn't Jesus pray mm. in the garden? Not my will, but thy will be done. Yes, he prayed that. But what does it mean? It could mean, listen, Dad, I don't want to die, but you want me to die, so I'll go. I'll die. That's one interpretation. I think that's often the interpretation that we we hear preached. Right. Or it could be, yo, Dad, I know you sent me to love, eh? but it's hard to love these people now. And 
and they're after me now. It's hard to love. But not my will, your will be done. Mm. Not my will of self-preservation, of safety first, your will be done of loving first. So not my will, but your will be done. I, I prefer the second interpretation. Then you may say to me, but Alan, didn't uh, the prophets prophesy that Jesus would die? Mm. Uh, for example, Isaiah, in what we know of the servant songs, where it speaks of being led off like a lamb to the slaughter, and um, by his wounds we are healed, etc. Mm. Now, the way I see that, Dion, is that Isaiah had deep insight into what would make up a truly godly person, mm -hmm. a truly godly person, someone who really embodied godliness. Um, and we know that the, the, the servant songs, he could have been referring to an individual or Israel as a community. So let's take both of those interpretations, saying if we really want to be godly as individuals or as a nation, this is a character sketch of that person. Sure. Now, I... I'm sure that Jesus knew Isaiah's scriptures well. In fact, he quoted them in, in his the, first sermon. In his first sermon in the temple. That's right. right. When he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So could it not be like this, Dion, that Jesus reads Isaiah over and over, just like his cousin John the Baptist. And he comes across these scriptures on the servant song. And he said, you know what? Finally, I can read what I'm meant to be. Someone's mm. put it into writing. That's the kind of person I'm called to be because I'm called to be godly, meaning I'm God's child. I'm mm. called to be that. And so he lives that out. And the gospel writers, when they write about Jesus' life and death, they write about it through the lens of Isaiah, knowing that Jesus was, was influenced, motivated, inspired by those words from Isaiah. So when they write about Jesus, they write about it through that lens. Mm. But, Dion, Isaiah... I mean, if you are a loving, forgiving, merciful, truthful person today, I challenge you, Dion, go and live like that today, absolutely with no compromise. It won't be long, it won't be long before you are crucified. Yeah. I mean, the world can't stand it. That's right. <laughs> so Isaiah was just saying what was obvious. If there's anyone among us who can live like this suffering servant, I'm telling you now, that person will be crucified. As uh, Will Willimon has said, uh, if you're going to follow Jesus, you better make sure that you look good on wood because that's what's going to happen. Would you like to discuss this with us? Text us on plus two seven seven eight two seven eight five three hundred, Or for more information, please visit www.mannerandmercy.org. So as we reflect on the deeper meaning and truer significance of the sacrifice of Christ, it's so important for us to recognize that our own lives are intended to be sacrificially offered for the love of God and for God's love in the world and even for the development of our own love for others. 
So my hope is that you've found something to chew on, something to think about, and um, that as we go into this week, that uh, yeah, the Spirit of God would speak to you about the ways in which we are being sent into the world to offer ourselves uh, for others to follow the example of Christ. So thanks for listening to today's episode, and uh, we look forward to being with you next week.